Praise the Lord. We sing it tonight when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. I'm excited for that moment. Amen. Won't we have a time? I think of that. That's a song. That's an old song. But it's a good one. Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? We'll see Jesus there. We'll walk and talk and sing and shout. I don't know how I'm going to be quiet. They say there's a half hour of quiet, the Bible says. I don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> I really don't. I'm either going to be bursting at the seams or bawling or something. I can't imagine that I'm going to be just quiet. I know there's eternity, but for that one half hour, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13 starting at verse 6, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. And Philippians chapter one, verse six, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the, end, until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know the moment. You've been involved in a story, and it starts to get really, really good. And the characters and the situations they're going through are getting really serious. And it's starting to get like that nail-biting action, and you're really into whatever's about to happen. And the story's getting greater, and the drama's increasing. And maybe some crazy news or some information comes across, and you drops it like a bombshell. And, ah, and then you read the words... To be continued. It's worse than the plague. <laughs> when you're just into a story so much, and then right there at that moment when it's, what's going to happen? To be continued. Oh. I was reading a book recommended by somebody here at church a while back, and I was traveling, and it was a pretty thick book. And I, I like to read. I know that's not everybody's thing, but I like to read. But I still have that little elementary school kid fear when I see a real big thick book. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy, I'm going to start this. Okay. And uh, so I started reading it and uh, it was good. It was a page turner. Every chapter ended and you just was like, oh, I can't wait to read the next chapter. And then you start to get closer to the end and you're noticing there's just not that many pages left, but things aren't wrapping up. <laughs> What's going on here? And you keep reading and like, okay, either it's going to end really bad and they're just going to wrap it up in a page or two, or there's more. And sure enough, you get to the end of that book and it says, to be continued. <laughs> okay, I didn't even know there was more than one book in that series when I started. And so, come to find out, there were three books. So, I was into it, and it was a big book, all three of them. So, I read the second book, 
And same thing, get to the end. Okay, I know there's a third one, so I wasn't so shocked when it said to be continued. And I had the third one already, so I could just keep going. Not so bad. Then I read that third one, and we're getting close to the end. And I'm like, now come on. This is three books long, thick book. I'm invested now. You can't just end this some silly way. You better end it really good. And uh, would you believe it ended with to be continued? The author said, I couldn't finish it in three books. I had to make a fourth. And they, he hadn't written it yet. <laughs> I had to wait a year. And finally it came out, and I did, I read it, and it ended well. It was okay. But that moment when it says to be continued, how many of you know, whew, I hate that moment. <laughs> I just want to keep going. Let's get through this. Show me what's going to happen. Don't make me wait. But this fig tree has a similar story. It hadn't produced fruit for over three years, and nothing, no fruit, no, no growth, the Bible never tells us exactly what was wrong with that fig tree, but it must have had a problem. In three years, no figs, no fruit was ever produced by this tree. And the Lord of the house said, let's just cut it down. Why let it take up space? Why let it keep taking the nutrients from the soil there? Cut it down. It's not producing any fruit. And that situation for that fig tree became very bleak it was gonna be destroyed. And yet, the gardener stepped in. Probably the guy who had spent those three years with that tree, and he said, just, just wait. Before we cut it down, let me intercede a little bit on this tree's behalf, and let me take care of it. Let me dig a little bit, let me fertilize it really good, and then give it one more year. And then, if it's still not producing fruit, you can cut it down, and if it does produce fruit, then great, we've got a tree with fruit. So that little tree, even though its future was pretty grim there for a moment, it had a to-be-continued moment. It was dead and dying. How many of you ever felt that way when you felt useless? I've been there. Worse yet, have you ever been there when someone else called you useless? or pointed out a flaw that made you feel pretty crummy. Ever been there? It's one thing to think of it yourself. It's quite another when somebody else seems to point out a flaw. Kind of digs a little bit, kind of hurts, but we have an intercessor. We have a gardener who's been planting this. He's working on us, and he's not ready to let us just be destroyed. So he's gonna step in on our behalf. Amen? God didn't bring you this far to leave you now. Amen. I think back on all he's done for me, and I know that there are situations and trials and troubles and things that go wrong and life gets hard. You know, there's this idea that when you get the Holy Ghost, life is just, you know, roses and peachy. That's not reality. I'm not surprised, really, if we thought of it, after you get the Holy Ghost, life might get a little harder. We got a target on our back then, but we have a God who is greater than whatever situation we face. Amen? God didn't bring you here just to leave you now. God didn't bring you out this far.
to let you go back to it. He's brought you out. He's got something great in store for you, and he's not done with you yet. Can I hear an amen? amen. Isaiah chapter 61, full of promises. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted? Jesus will heal it. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Are you captive? Jesus can deliver. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Feeling bound by something? Jesus will bring liberty. Hallelujah. Verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. You ever feel discouraged? We have a comforter. Amen. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That no matter what you face right now, God is saying, don't turn away. Don't throw in the towel yet. All these bad things that are going on, I've got a, I've got a to be continued for you. I've got something else in store for you. Whatever the situation you're facing, I've got the answer. That's the Jesus we serve. Amen? Don't give up now. Just hold on a little longer. God is going to turn it around and your story isn't over yet to be continued. Amen? Amen? Psalm verse 37, the scripture is filled with verses that confirm this con concept. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's ordered it. Didn't even ask for it. He's ordered it. He's ordered your steps and he delights in his way. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Hallelujah. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and I can say this now, am old. Er, I'm approaching 40. Oh, it's old to me. I'm just kidding. And the gray hairs are catching up. Now you can't hide it anymore. If I kept my hair short, it was hideable. Not anymore. I just own it now. It's supposed to be wisdom, right? <laughs> Amen. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken. That's left alone. That's left to just their own devise. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. You're not forsaken. They are preserved forever. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says it like this. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Isaiah chapter 46 says, hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, so the very beginning, which are carried from the womb. Verse 4, and even to your old age, he's got you. I am he from the birth to the end, even to the gray hairs. 
I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and I will deliver you. What problem is there that he can't solve? He's got it. Joshua 1.5 says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. John 14.18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I mean, I'm not making this up. This is scripture. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, For a just man falls seven times, hopefully more is okay, and riseth up again. I don't hope he's counting. That was number seven. All right, we're done. No, and riseth up again. Amen? Micah 7 and 8 says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, when I fall. I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be light unto me. Your life is to be continued. This is not the end. This is not the grand finale. This thing that you're facing is not the closing song or the benediction. As long as there is breath in your lungs, God has more for you. This thing is not the end. Whatever that thing may be, it's just a part of your story. Amen. If we go back to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3, he mentions to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then it goes on and says that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I got to thinking about this. The owner of that tree we talked about at the beginning of the fig tree was about to chop it down and get rid of it since it wasn't producing fruit. But the gardener stepped in because he saw potential. I don't know the end, but I'm going to let me take care of this just a little bit longer. Don't chop it down just yet because maybe something will work. Maybe if I just tend to it, give it a little TLC and it'll grow. Then God says in Isaiah that he makes us trees of righteousness. That means, it, then it says, trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Well, that means the Lord is our gardener. That means the gardener, the Lord, is our intercessor. Amen? I believe God talks about us as trees, and I got to studying, and I'm not going to give a dissertation on trees or anything, but found some fascinating reasons why the Lord might call us to be trees. And one of the things I thought about was the fact that trees can grow pretty tall. And I thought, you know, if you're tall, if you stand tall, what's that mean? You got a little bit of confidence. Stand tall, that means you're pretty sure of yourself or sure of the authority that you have. You stand tall, you know that there's something behind you that gives you some power. Amen? We have the power of the cross. We can overcome anything, not by our own strength, but the power of that cross. It wasn't weak, it wasn't small, it wasn't done in a corner somewhere. It was done for victory. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, 
blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And that cross, the next verse says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Doesn't matter what that is. Sin, sickness, disease, some kind of ailment, some kind of tragedy, some kind of situation or circumstance, the cross has the power to overcome it. And there are things that get us down. There are things that make us wonder why we're doing this thing. Why are we living this life? Why are we going through the things we're going through? Sometimes we get discouraged and we ask God, why are we facing these trials? But don't be fooled, even for a moment. Whatever that trial is, God is greater than that trial. And God will see you through. I know how it feels at times, how? How in the world can I ever get out of this? I'm facing this situation and it just seems so big and there seems to be no way out and I can't imagine it ever being over. And yet God said, I went to the cross of Calvary and there's nothing that can put you under dominion if you're in mine. If you're in my hands, there's nothing that has dominion over you. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8. Verse 34, Bishop mentioned it this morning. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We have the victory through the power of the cross. None of those things can take us down because we have that power of the cross. Verse 38 goes on to say, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, no depth, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you've got the love of God, you can stand confident. I know the power of the cross, so I can be confident, I can stand tall like a tree. Hyperion, Brother Jared, if you'll put that first photo up. I found this photo. This tree is called, there it is. It has a name. They call it Hyperion. It is the tallest tree that they know of. And they don't even reveal the exact location. It's somewhere out in California. But they won't tell you exactly where it is because they don't want someone to come and chop it down. It is the tallest tree. It's 380 feet tall. For perspective, that's taller than the Millennium Force roller coaster at Cedar Point. <laughs> Almost as tall as the dragster. Dragster beats it a little bit. I can stand tall. I can stand above any situation, any trial, any circumstance, because I have the power of the cross I can be like this tall tree and take the victory that God has given me. Amen? 
My story isn't over. Lord, help me to remember the confidence that I have in you and in the power that you've given me. Amen. To be, to be continued. Trees not only are tall, but they can be strong. Our strength comes from the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, it says in Acts. We have power because we were baptized in that precious name and we have that name applied to our lives. There is power, there is strength in that precious name. General Sherman is another tree. This is the largest, strongest tree there is that we know of. It's called, they named it General Sherman. And I found a picture because without a person in it, you can't really tell how big it really is. But do you see that person in the foreground? That's a big tree. It's huge. That tree is 52,500 cubic feet in volume. That's 9,844 bathtubs of water, if it were all water. That's one bath a day for 27 years could fit in that tree. Its diameter at the base, if you could go straight through it, 36 feet across, straight through. That's a big tree. That's a strong tree. No wind is going to blow that thing down. Amen? We have strength in the name of Jesus. We have footing. We have firmness in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation you face, the name of Jesus is greater. There is strength in his name. Amen? Trees can live a long time. I'd like to live a long time. Someday I'm going to live in eternity. Amen? But I'm reminded of the promise of God's word, the many promises in God's word. And some of you might be thinking, I'm still waiting on my promises. I know that God has given me promises through his word and in his word, and I'm still waiting to see some of these promises come about, praying for loved ones and praying for children and praying for people and maybe health or strength or whatever those things are. And you say, I'm, I've been praying a long time. I don't know when it's ever going to happen, Lord, but I'm, I'm still holding on. I'm still believing because you're not done with me. And that's okay because that waiting makes hope. And Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. So even though I might be waiting on the results, I might be waiting for God to show up and do whatever it is I know he said he would do. He made a promise years and years ago to my mom. I remember the day she told me because she'd been wanting a house and wanted to build a house for years and years and I can remember her saying the Lord promised me I opened the scripture and there it was I will build you a house <laughs> and you know what she's living in the house that God built her amen that's what God will do but it wasn't overnight 
And it wasn't like, yes, I'll build you a house and tomorrow you're moving in. Things take time. And we don't understand it. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But he's going to take it and do it in his timing, and it's going to be okay. So while we wait, we hope. And it might be a long time for that. And Methuselah, an appropriate name, Methuselah is the oldest tree that we know of. There actually is one other tree that they suspect might be slightly older than this one. Again, they won't reveal where this one is because they don't want somebody to come by and vandalize it. It's almost 5,000 years old, this tree that we're looking at. There are pictures with leaves. <laughs> that looks kind of dead. <laughs> there are pictures with leaves on it. It's alive, I promise. But they speculate that it is almost 5,000 years old, and they think that there's one that's just over 5,000 years old, but they haven't really talked about that too much for the same reason. They want to protect it. That's a lot of storms this tree is weathered. That's a lot of nights that tree has gone through. Maybe someone can testify. Gone through some hard times. Gone through some dark nights. But it's not over. It's not the end. To be continued. I'm still alive. This tree almost 5,000 years old. Still doing its thing. God is going to see you through. And it's important to think about the fact that sometimes we go through seasons in our lives. And as people, especially new in the Lord, they have this idea that it's like firecracker Jesus all the time. That we're just 4th of July, Holy Ghost filled, booming all the time, on a high. And especially people that are just filled with the Holy Ghost because they've never, I mean, that's an amazing time when you're just full and overflowing. And you know, if you've served the Lord for any length of time, that it's not always up here. You can't sustain being up here all the time. On the highest mountains, nothing grows. You can't live on the mountain peak. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to uh, support apathy we are to be stirring up the gift every day. We are to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh every day. But that doesn't mean you're going to be on this, woo, floating on cloud nine type of, you know, I'm ready to go, Jesus. Tell me what to do. It doesn't work that way. There are ebbs and flows in the Spirit. And sometimes we are up there, and sometimes we're not so up there. We still have joy. We still have the promises of the Lord. We're still in it. We still got the Holy Ghost. We're still walking and talking in Him, but we're not on a monster drink, so to speak, in the Spirit. We go through seasons, and that's okay. If it weren't true, Second Timothy chapter 4 wouldn't say, preach the word, be instant in season, and out of season. There must be an in season and there must be a time when you don't feel like you're so in season. You just can't always be up there and it's okay. Don't allow yourself to feel so low when you're going through a season. Just because you're going through a time doesn't mean you have to be without the Lord. Doesn't mean that your prayer life isn't on fire. Doesn't mean that you're not in connection with God. It doesn't mean that you're losing out or falling back or falling behind 
It just means you're in a season. And you know what happens to seasons? They end and you go to another one. Amen? We're not stuck where we are. As this tree, Methuselah, has probably seen its fair share of seasons. We're going to make it. Our story isn't over. To be continued. Hallelujah. And the thing that gets me probably the most is this thought right here. There's one thing a tree cannot do. A tree cannot pick at its wounds. If it gets hit, it can't open up its scab. It can't pick at its sore. A tree is stuck where it is. But that doesn't mean a tree doesn't have a mechanism to take care of wounds that it receives. Some trees can get up to a thousand hits from various things in storms, other branches swinging against it, um, someone hitting it, things coming along, birds pecking at it. They can suffer up to a thousand wounds. And yet, do you know how they take care of it? Two things. They can't put a Band-Aid on it. They can't put ointment on it. They can't cover it up with a bandage. What they do, and in fact, they suggest some people want to go out and care for their tree. And if it gets some kind of scar or some kind of problem, they want to go and bandage their tree thinking they're helping it. And yet that is actually worse for a tree than to just let it do its thing. When it does its thing, it will do first, it will go to those cells that have been damaged and it will, the cells around it will uh, change their chemistry in order to fight infection. Any, anything that might come into that wound or that scar or that breach in the bark, that will be, um, basically it makes it immune to any infection by changing the chemistry of the cells around it. But that scar, that wound is still there. And then secondly, it produces new wood and new growth around that area. And you know what happens? The scar is always visible. You'll be able to see the scar. You'll be able to see where it took that wound, but you can't hurt it anymore. That wound is compartmentalized and tucked away and there's nothing that can touch it. You go up and hit it, you're hitting hard, fresh wood. You're not hurting that tree whatsoever. Whatever scar is there, some of us know what that's like to pick at something and just not let it ever heal. We want to let wounds be open and we want to keep picking at things or worse yet, someone else will come along and dig at something. But God called us to be trees. And when that precious blood of Christ flows and covers those wounds and those things, he changes the chemistry of your wounds, spiritually speaking, and he just covers it up. And when it's under the blood, who can bring it out? When you've covered the blood, now you might remember, you might see where the scars were. You might know a wound happened, something took place, a hurt took place. But that precious blood, nobody can hurt it. Nobody can dig in there. Nobody can find that spot anymore. You can't pick at it yourself. You've just let it heal and it's hard as wood and you keep on growing. Amen. That is what God can do for us. Our story is not over. We are to be continued. Would you stand? There's so many things to say.
Trees sustain life. They create habitats and different ecosystems. They provide food. Different things live within the tree. Different things live because of the tree. And you could preach a whole sermon on how many others are affected by how you are growing. And how you have an effect on other people because of how you live and how you reproduce. But from our opening text, we read that that tree went three years without fruit. That fig tree didn't produce anything for three years. And we know the gardener intervened. But something interesting to note in this story, we don't know the end. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened after that year. The Bible doesn't say whether he came back a year later and there was fruit produced or if it came back and decided to chop it down. We don't know the end of that tree story. Jesus didn't tell it to us, didn't reveal it to us. And you know what that means to me? It's not important. It doesn't matter how that tree ended. You're not that tree. You're the tree that God has planted. You don't have a regular vineyard gardener. You have the gardener. Amen. So whatever you're facing, whatever situation it might be that you're going through or will go through, because you know you might be okay right now, but it's a season and something might come along. It's all right. God's got this. There's nothing that you can go through that he's not going to let your story end well. Amen. We know the end of the story. He said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you allow him to, he's going to keep you and grow you and let you become the tree that he's called you to be. Amen. Would you come to the front and respond to the presence of the Lord?